Steelers by Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you this Monday afternoon? Yeah. Yep, there's nothing exciting about this Monday at all. No, nope, nope. <laughs> um, Misery you know, Monday, we'll call it. Misery Monday, yeah. Uh, it, it is what it is, James. You know, unfortunately, the, the high school football team that I was following through the playoffs, they lost their, their <laughs> state championship, uh, like 50-something to 13, I think. I don't remember. It was bad. It was really bad. The, the team they went up against was very, very good. Uh, so you got to give them that. But on top of that, doing pretty well. James, how are you today? <laughs> better than that that high school team that you started the show off with apparently yeah so yeah. that's good that's good so uh let's move on to some Steelers talk here we got a lot to cover and uh, not a ton of time to do it uh previous to the game the Steelers did elevate a practice squad linebacker by the name of Kyron Johnson to the 53 for game day that's one of those elevations that he immediately reverts back to to the practice squad afterwards. Uh, this was because the guy that they were doing that to previously ran out of elevations. Uh, so they would have had to sign him to the 53. Um, that's just for practice or for, um, for special teams purposes. Anyway, they just yep. needed more guys for kick coverage and, and kick return unit and whatnot. Uh, pass that inactives for the game. Mason Rudolph, the third quarterback, once again, cornerback Darius rush, not getting a helmet. Uh, Anthony McFarland is still the man down versus the, Turn man Donald Igwe Buike. Uh, Blake Martinez not getting a helmet yet. Montrevis Adams' ankle still not good enough yet. And Dylan Cook, the odd man out in the offensive line room. Yeah. So nothing crazy out of the ordinary there. Um, no. Not, nothing too crazy. We're not going to talk too long about this game. Uh, to give you guys a heads up, we are going to record today, which is Monday. This episode will be out. We're going to do a pregame show on Wednesday along with our live stream on Wednesday night on pro sports fans app at 7 p.m. And then we're also going to record Friday after the Thursday night game. So three episodes this week, this episode on when, and then the one on Wednesday going over previewing the Patriots game and then the review of the Patriots game on Friday night. So you'll have all three of those episodes today. We're going to talk about this game. Uh, Pittsburgh falls to the Carolina or excuse me, Carolina, Arizona Cardinals at home uh, 24 to 10. James Conner returns to Pittsburgh and kind of spanks us a little bit. Uh, had two touchdowns on the game, ran for 105 yards. Unfortunate for us. I don't know. James, where do you want to start with this? Uh, I feel like in this game, the Cardinals didn't do anything too crazy, and basically two guys on their offense beat us. Yep. And it was Trey McBride and it was James Conner. Those two guys we just did not have answers for. Uh, and unfortunately in a game where Pittsburgh should have been able to win it easily, they end up losing badly and probably worse than that. They lost a lot of key players to injury. Yeah. Uh, some who will play through it, some who are unable to do so uh, in this lineup just keeps on taking devastating hits, uh, especially on the defense. Uh, but started on the offense. I thought the first drive, Kenny Pickett did a nice job. Took him down the field to get in scoring range. Mason Cole snaps a ball and just dribbles it back to him, and they're forced to kick a field goal instead of going for a touchdown. Uh, just This has happened a few times this year. I feel like Mason's really struggling in shotgun getting the ball to Ketty. Yep. Uh, a lot of times they don't run a ton of shotgun, but when they do twice in this game, he dribbled it back to the quarterback, 
And once it cost them an opportunity to try to score a touchdown in the second time, it legitimately caused a turnover because Mitch Trubisky was unable to recover it before being hit by defenders. Yep. It's something that we talked about previously. Uh, Mason Cole's play has just been below the line this year. There's no real other way to describe it. He's had some great effort moments from time to time, uh, but his talent level is just not good enough. And it's to the point where it's starting to cost you games. Uh, So it's got to be addressed. It's got to be upgraded for next season. Uh, And tragically enough, Kenny didn't get a chance to to make that fourth quarter comeback, Uh, suffered a re-injury to a already existing ankle injury, also took a shot to the head on the same play that did not get called uh, pretty badly ear-holed. But regardless to it, Kenny's got to have surgery now, and Mitch is going to be starting for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, so surgery's already done. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Um, I expect that to be the later. I'm probably going to see it three to four. I'm I'm almost just committed to four at this point. And and unless Pittsburgh has a late run and, and is pushing for playoffs, there's a chance he comes back and tries to push through. Whether I agree with it or not, um, that's what I kind of expect that would happen. Um Kenny in this game was having a decent game, seven for ten for 70 yards. Um, slightly low on the average per uh reception or completion, I should say. But it wasn't a bad game from him. I, I was expecting he was probably going to get a touchdown pass later on the game. Nothing like what we wanted to. Mitch came in and it went 11 for 17 uh, for 117 yards and one touchdown. That one touchdown being to Deontay Johnson, which unfortunately he was celebrating and dancing after, which I just don't understand when you're losing on the scoreboard. Why do that? that that's a selfish thing in my opinion. I know that everyone does it, but especially after the career and after the ups and downs that Deontay Johnson's had, I would like to see him be a little bit more humble in situations like that um, and understand, hey, I'm not all that. And you saw what happened with AB. There's just so many different moving parts in that predicament um, and situation. But Kenny Pickett, unfortunately, again, going to be missing for a little bit. Mitchell Trubisky's probably the answer. We'll talk about other options towards the end of the show. Um, but I didn't think Trubisky played bad. He missed on a couple long bombs. Uh bad (laughs) quite bad badly yeah 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 that's that's the issue here is that you know mitch isn't too bad when it comes to short to intermediate uh but unfortunately he's usually really bad on deep balls i had an opportunity with a deep ball that he threw and just threw it so badly that uh luckily for him buda baker didn't locate the ball if he would have it would have been an easy interception uh when he throws it deep to the sideline it's typically five to ten yards out of bounds not even giving the player a chance to catch it. Uh, and then you saw a shift in the offense, too. When Mitch came in, they stopped throwing to George Pickens. Yep. The ball didn't go to George really the rest of the game, went heavily to Deontay Johnson instead. Uh, and Deontay had a much better game than he's been having. Yep. So I'll give him that. I'm also with you. I, I hate seeing somebody celebrate when it's that late in the game and you're down by that much. Um, the touchdown helps. We need the touchdown. That's good. Uh, but – What's with a prolonged celebration at that point? If anything, you should you should be still kind of upset because the team's losing so badly. You should go to the sideline ready for the next drive and, and hype yeah. up the defense saying, go get us the ball back. Yes. We want to score again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instead of celebrating, let's try to turn it into a momentum switching kind of thing of here we go. You guys' turn. We did our job. Get a stop for us and get us back out there. Like That's the energy I'm looking for in that, that situation, not the, the look at me, look at me energy yep and um, especially with how long his drought was you know he just got a 
touchdown. This is what his second of the year now, I think. Second of the year, yeah. That's not nothing, like nothing he's having a fantastic about. year. Nothing to celebrate yeah. about. Um, running game I thought was fairly decent. Jalen Warren was still very explosive, averaging over six and a half yards per carry for nine with nine for fifty nine. Najee Harris not even four yards on the average with sixteen carries for sixty three yards. Again, Najee seemed like he was getting hit in the backfield a lot. I felt like the blocking schemes weren't quite working. Uh, the running plays, even the one, you know, we went for it on fourth down at one point on the goal line, and then they wound up driving 99 yards and scoring a touchdown. Um, my frustration with that is you have Najee, this massive back, and you don't allow him to get ahead of steam going forward. You run these run patterns and run designs where he's in the backfield in shotgun next to uh, the quarterback in shotgun. And it's, you're making, a, a player who's super large, super heavy move inward before going forward, put him in the back, put somebody in front of him, put Darnell Washington in front of him, heck line up Najee at fullback and put Darnell behind him and they can push him in. There's so many smarter ways to score that I don't understand why we're not doing it. And I'm frustrated again because I thought we were going getting somewhere with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, but that running style, especially in the goal line formation uh, or in, on goal line and not being in goal line formation and running that kind of style is just frustrating to watch in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think this is a formational issue. Uh, as soon as I saw who was lined up and where I knew it wasn't going to work. Uh, they had two wide receivers on the field, one of them to the extreme left on the sideline and another one lined up like a tight end, uh, which puts in again, you said he's in shotgun uh, you, you can't have that. It takes too long for the handoff to happen, and it allows people to come in from the sides because by going with this kind of offensive formation, you're putting eight guys in a position to attempt to try to block 10. Yep. And in doing so, you've also created greater angles for the defense by putting one wide receiver all the way out when you should have another guy inside blocking instead to create more difficult angles for them to get into the backfield and hit the running back. Also, why the heck are you just not throwing extra offensive linemen out there in this situation? We know that Connor Hayward is not a goal line blocking tight end. He's not. Nope. That's why they didn't have him on the field. That's why they had Pat Frymuth and Darnell Washington out there. But you have offensive linemen like Chikoma Korofor. You have Spencer Anderson, who is healthy every single week and is not out there on the field. Like, why are we not putting these guys out there who can move human beings against their will and run behind them instead of having extra wide receivers out there? I just don't get it. Put Keanu Benton out there. We saw what happened when you put freaking, oh, what's, what was his name? Henry Mondo. Henry Mondo. You saw what happened <laughs> when you put him. Just put a big defensive lineman out there and let him run forward. Yes. That's all you need. Anything. Anything. There were, there were literally a million different combinations other than what we saw in that goal line situation to have scored better. And then on the, off uh, on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side, we come out when they're in a goal line front on their goal or on our goal line. And we go out in a base defense and it, you're not going to stop a run play like that. You're not going to stop yeah. James Conner like that. You're not going to stop any NFL offensive front like that. It's not going to happen. Even, the yeah, worst so teams in the NFL could get us, could go, score on us in a base defense like that. Yeah. And in what you saw twice in this game was when they were about to score, we had backup defensive linemen out there in a three, four front. So we've got three defensive linemen and not even our best three defensive linemen going against their five offensive linemen. Tell me who's going to win that. And then the additional blockers for them are all tight ends. 
So now we're asking corners and safeties to win a blocking matchup against a tight end. Personnel-wise, it is not going to work. Nope, not even close. That's what you have a goal line defense for. That's the whole point of it is to bring in extra defensive linemen and linebackers, ditch the corners, have safeties on the edges instead, and actually go muscle versus muscle in that situation instead of trying to to get cute. I don't get it. It's bad play calling. And this is the first time that I felt like defensive play calling in those situations Mm -hmm. has really let us down. So I felt like in those crucial goal line situations, offensive play calling and defensive play calling was as bad as it's been all year. And I get it. If you have a a speedy back, like a really quick back that they could do a, a, a pitch to, and maybe you want to have some quicker guys in there for that. But A, that's not that James Connor. That's not James <laughs> Connor at all. Yeah. And B, even if you did, even if they did, you still wouldn't come out in base. You'd come out in some kind yeah. of different formation uh to get some bigger bodies in there. It just didn't make any sense to at me. At least a four four. At least at least give me a fourth defensive lineman. At least. Yeah. So in I would love some explanation on that. I would love to be a reporter in that pregame or in that postgame interview with with Tomlin and say, hey, why when they're on goal line? formations why are we coming out in you know a base defense what was your thought process on that and then I'd, he'd probably say you know i terrell lawson thought we had something there I don't, I don't, he'd probably just say i trust my coach he doesn't that's all it would be yeah that he never throws his coaches under the bus that's yeah. the thing like so he would have taken it and said hey we got to look at it we got to learn we got to play better it's, you know the standard is the standard and we didn't play to the standard like we'd have the typical catchphrases uh but what we need is is different results out there. And there are certain times that I feel like if if I'm someone who loves the sport of football, loves to break down film and look at things and really get into the nitty-gritty on details, when I look at a formation before the play happens and I say this is never going to work, man, there's a lot of people with a lot uh, that look at this stuff and – no, right away. You know, if I can see it that easily and I didn't play college football, I played recreational football. Like I didn't go to school to break down film or anything like that. If I can tell you this, then NFL coaches and NFL players definitely see it a mile away. Yep. Uh, so just very frustrating. Uh, as far as the offense, we'll just break stuff down real quick. You talked about uh, the quarterback play. You talked about the running back numbers. Uh, wide receivers, George Pickens with a very productive uh, day four catches for 86 yards. Just a dang shame they really didn't use him in the second half at all because he was having a great half in the first half with Kenny Pickett. I feel like he and Kenny have a much greater chemistry much. Uh, than Mitch does with him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Deontay a lot better with his catches this week. Four catches on five targets, three, 33 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Pat Fryermuth only thrown two five times, three catches for 29 yards. Uh, Allen Robinson used more than normal with three catches on three targets, 19 yards. Uh, Najee Harris, 14 yards on two catches. Calvin Austin only thrown two ones, 10 yards. Got to start using him more. When we're struggling to get big plays, why are we not using the big play wide receiver? Uh, Don't get that at all. Uh, Connor Hayward targeted twice, zero completions. uh, And at least the one that was thrown over the middle to him, I felt like, again, it's a height thing. If yep. this is even a six foot three tight end, it's an easy catch. Instead, it's a five foot eleven slash six foot tight end, and the ball is just too high for him. 
Yep. Uh, every other tight end on the, on the team has a much easier time with that. And then Jalen Warren with one catch for negative four yards because he was put in a very, very bad position. Yep. Yeah. O-line, let me just hammer out O-line real quick. Uh, Isaac Siamalu was injured in the game. Nate Herbig came in in his stead. Uh, Multiple times they ran behind Nate, and Nate really opened some massive holes. Uh, So I thought Nate did a decent job in Isaac's stead. Mason Cole, horrific game. Uh, And then I felt like it was really kind of indescript for the other three offensive linemen. Uh, Chooks Okorafor tried to get in the game once, and they had to call a timeout. <laughs> Apparently, nobody knew who was supposed to be on the field, so yep. it looked like they tried to go with six offensive linemen at one point in time. And that was and when we were up against no, our own. Nobody told Chooks. Yeah, that yeah, was, that yeah. Was nobody weird. told Chooks, and it didn't happen, and they wasted a timeout for no reason. Yep. So, uh, defensive yeah. front, we saw a lot of good things that James and I have talked about. Uh, Keanu Benton and Larry Ogunjobi both had pass breakups at the line of scrimmage with putting their hands up, which was fantastic. Love to see that. Um, you also saw Ken Hayward get involved with only a tackle on the game. He did kind of uh, come out for a little while. We didn't see him for a little bit. I don't know if we have an update on that. I'm assuming it's just the continued injury that he's been dealing with all year. Um, yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Loudermout got some play. Armand Watts got some play. They both had assists on tackles. Uh, nothing too, too crazy from that defensive line. And then if you want to look at the outside linebackers, that's where you want to. Well, you know what? Hang on. Keanu Benton also had a lot of good penetration, I want to say. Um, yeah, he was very disruptive. Very, very disruptive. disruptive. Even even forced a fumble on an attempted end around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so got a, a pass deflection and a forced fumble. You have to qualify it as a pretty good game for, for Keanu Benton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the defensive, or excuse me, the outside linebacker group, uh, two sacks on the day, one and a half went to Alex Highsmith and only a half went to TJ Watt. Um, TJ Watt, very frustrated with the refereeing after the game, made some comments, probably going to be fine at some point, but <laughs> most uh, likely, most likely, but he, I mean, he has a point. He feels like the NFL is out to get him. They don't want him to do, you know, to have these sacks, to get these numbers, whatever it is. Uh, he's being held probably 50% if not more of the plays yeah. and I get I get that some they don't some of them don't get called and that's just how it is but like sometimes he's being held very very badly and they're not getting called um, Nick Herbig got in the game and was able to manage a tackle for loss um, it's funny he actually missed the tackle then TJ missed the tackle and then Nick Herbig got the tackle so a lot of good pressure there um, anything else for you from those outside linebacker guys uh, not really you know uh, a tremendous game from Alex Highsmith uh, two tackles for loss and a sack and a half. So got to give him his his credit. Um, as far as the middle linebacker crew, unfortunately in this game, he landed in Roberts, aggravated a groin injury, was unable to return. Uh, and it showed that put Michael Walker and Mark Robinson as the starting linebackers the rest of the way. And they just struggled mightily with covering Trey McBride. And they struggled mightily with stopping James Conner. Yep. Uh, just taking bad angles, not getting any penetration versus the run game and just never being in phase to stop the tight ends in the passing game. Uh, So we've got to see better play from them because I don't know what the answer is going to be. Otherwise, maybe Blake Martinez gets an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to try to, to crack into this lineup and play. Uh, But we're really running out of bodies. And now Michael Walker is calling the defense in literally three weeks ago, he was on the practice squad. So uh, just not a good situation. You're seeing a lot of 
just as the snaps being called Michael Walker and Mark Robinson still trying to figure out where they're supposed to be lined up before the play. Yep. Uh, so a lot of miscommunication and just not the level that you're looking for, uh, but that's what happens when you're on your fourth and fifth middle linebackers. So somehow they've got to get better play out of it, but I don't know how that's going to happen. I feel like Mark Robinson just needs to just play. Yep. Don't think just play and let his instincts try to take over. And maybe at some point that will help, but um really not optimistic about that middle linebacker group. Uh Secondary Cody, we, yeah, nobody really stuck out, right? I mean, no. Joey Porter Jr. Had a decent game outside of a um, one pass interference call. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And then Pat Pete didn't do too bad himself. He He almost broke one up in the end zone that almost ended up a touchdown. And, yeah, I, I didn't see any of our, our wide receivers or their wide receivers smoking our corners on a regular. So I feel like the corner group kind of held up. Uh, the safeties were unable to to stop Trey McBride either. Uh, just a very difficult matchup. And we were worried about that game. Yeah, uh, And it held true, unfortunately, in this game. Uh, Minka got hurt too. So, I mean, uh, let's get into the injuries here real quick. Kenny Pickett with the ankle, like you mentioned, he's had surgery already out at least two to four weeks. Uh, Isaac Siamalo with a shoulder was unable to return to the game. Elandon Roberts with a groin was unable to return to the game. Minka broke his hand during the game, got a cast put on it, and then came back and played the rest of the way with a cast on. Uh, what an absolute stud. TJ injured his ankle bad enough that it looked like somebody shot him when he was on the sideline, had it taped up, went back in, but he's not going to be anywhere near as effective on one leg. That's basically what he's going to be doing now. So uh, that's tough. You got to see, he, he might not even be able to play this week. You know, when you injure an ankle times that first week, it's so stiff, you can't do anything. And he's got three days to try to recover. So yeah. Yeah. Just not week. good. Not good. Yeah. Uh, and then some roster moves after the fact um, just today, Steelers did sign trace McSwarley to the practice squad. If that's a name you recognize, it's because he played against us a couple of times as the, uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback. He's been bounced around from team to team, but we have him now. And then on top of that, uh, they did make the corresponding move to release receiver Jacob Copeland from the practice squad. No, he was just signed like five days ago. <laughs> yeah, that was the corresponding move that we were waiting for. There it today. is. So yeah, um, there it is. So that means Trace is official. Former Penn State Nittany Lion, great Trace McSorley, uh, very athletic quarterback, about six foot, two hundred pounds. So yeah. nothing. Nothing crazy as far as his arm talent. So he'll, he'll at least give us a good look on the practice squad. Yep. So that's going to be it for this show today. Again, Cardinals spank us at home in the game. The Pittsburgh should have won. Uh, let us know what you guys think of the game, what you think went wrong. We'd love to talk about it on the next show. Again, next show will be Wednesday. Uh, be posted at some point. We will be going over the preview for the Patriots game, which was happening Thursday nights on Am Thursday night on Amazon Prime. And we'll have our live show on Pro Sports Fans app. PSF, download it on your mobile device. It is free. doesn't cost you a thing. Go to the Steelers channel, Steelers chat room, and uh, live shows in there. Good talk, good communication about all things Steelers. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe, ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. Peace.